What is going on, beautiful people? Welcome back to another episode of Respect the Game podcast. My name is Edward, named after a trilogy, and that being my pops. Shout out to my mother and my grandmother for helping raise me too. Please follow at Emac Stats for all your up-to-date high school, collegiate, and pro sports coverage. We'll keep you up to date with everything, and I promise to not disappoint on the latest news going around in the sports world. Hey man, sound hard is okay. It's made a good excellence at its finest. That's Instagram, Twitter, SoundCloud, Snapchat. Yo, mama phone number. If you dig on them with the hotline, instant, you know what I'm saying? Quick contact, favorites, all that, man. Let's go. Yo, it is the host with the most that blows the most smoke. Black East, rap love, hip hop love, you already know. Uh, be sure to check out Talking Smoke on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, anywhere you go back podcast from. As you can find talking smoke. Let's go. Before y'all go, Darnell, your uh your audio is a little cracky, just so you know. Uh what's going on, everyone? This is Coach Johnson. I am the husband of Jordan uh, Jordan. I am the father of Harper and Deuce. And uh tonight I uh I might bring the controversy, I don't know, but this should be uh my final episode as a regular on the Respect the Game podcast. I really do appreciate all the time that we've had together uh, with the fellas and with the audience. Uh, hopefully you are able to see the game a little bit better, reason out your thoughts a little bit clearer, and enjoy the time we had together. Good afternoon, beautiful people. I am the one and only sedacious Xavier Miles. And on behalf of me and my brothers, I just want to say thank you so much for listening and tune in and subscribing and sharing and liking. We really appreciate it. It doesn't go take it for granted. Take it away, bro. Yo, hey, man. So this is Coach Johnson's last episode on the podcast, so it's only right that we get it started off with the Super Bowl, man. The Super Bowl. Rams defeating the Bengals 23-20. to 20. Um, None of us at all going back to our picks at the beginning of the season had the Cincinnati Bengals even making the playoffs. So for them to make it to all the way to the Super Bowl, I think is a testament to how wild of an NFL season we had, but it has officially now come to an end. Again, with the Rams defeating the Bengals 23 to 20. Fellas, whoever wants to take it away first, did the Bengals lose this game or did the Rams win the game? Uh, well, I'll start. I actually didn't watch the game live. Um, so, Coach, let me stop you right there. So, I don't think you should go first in the sense and the spirit of this being your last game. Go ahead. Go ahead, brother. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. I had to set you up for that. And that's the that's the desired reaction I needed. But uh, um, I, I watched the game thoroughly uh, up and down. Um, you could clearly see who was the more experienced team. Um, and I think that's really actually what it boiled down to. Um, experience, and then, hey, how many playmakers do you guys have as opposed to how many playmakers, you know, does the opposing team have? And uh, end of the game, man, um, in-game analysis, um, they doubled Cooper Cup early, which was expected. Uh, he was able to shake free one time within the first half of a play of over 20-plus yards, but after that, he didn't really do too much of anything in the first half, as we all know. OBJ had a, a heck of a first half um, with a few receptions, a tutty, uh, I believe, on pace for 
at the time was on pace for about 120 yards, but uh, unfortunately, you know, towards ACL. So um, as the game progressed, man, uh, the Bengals did, you know, have some have some uh, some flashy, some strike plays. Uh, I think they did try to force it to Jamar early, um, maybe a little too often. And, uh, you know, but to their, uh, you know, to their, not to their detriment, but to their ultimate, uh, you know, positive impact uh, throughout the duration of the game, man. But Aaron Donald, man, uh, I don't even think it's an argument anymore, man. He's the best defensive player of all time. Um, when you needed that guy the most, um, he literally came through. Um, first half, no tackles, no TFLs, no sacks. Second half, four tackles, four QB pressures, and two sacks, and two of them back-to-back. Should have been three. It's crazy they didn't count that last one as a sack. Um, man, what can I say? Timely plays. And, you know, the Bengals stupidly stopped doubling Cooper Cup all of a sudden in the second half. I don't know why they did that. And then Matthew Stafford literally force-fed in the ball literally for the last, I think his last 12 throws went to, to Cooper Cup. He was 12 for 12. It was absolutely amazing. I think his last 12, I think his last 12 passes were completed, but I believe on that last drive, all four passes went to Cooper Cup, if I'm not mistaken. So um, they literally said, hey, you you know, you help get us here. I'll be down, man. You're going to have to take us home or they're going to just have to stop you. And, um, you know, sure enough, they weren't able to stop him, man. But Aaron Donald, man, goddamn, three people on him, two people on him, pulling the center, pulling the guard to no avail. The man still gets outside and makes the play. Uh, I just think it's uh, not enough experienced Bengals, but watch out for the Bengals in, in the future here. But um, you can tell they were still wet behind the ears in some of those late-game situations where, I felt as though they probably should have maybe went in a different direction. But, hey, you know, that's that's the way the cookie crumbles, like uh, Jim Carrey would say. Uh, good deal. Uh, so, like I said uh, before, uh, Sean Howard gave us that, uh, that great soliloquy. Uh, I did not watch the game live. I did watch the uh, the the replay, and I'm just looking at the uh, the game stats right now. A couple of things stand out. Um, the uh, time of, time of possession was pretty pretty even. Uh, the Bengals won the turnover battle, uh, but the Bengals were only 21% on third down uh, efficiency, uh, and the Rams were 40%, which is league average. Uh, but uh, big deal here. Um, the Bengals were uh, one for three in the red zone. Uh, so only scored one touchdown in the red zone, I get, even though they got there three times. The Rams, on the other hand, were three for three in the red zone. Even though, uh, so, so you know, both teams got in the red zone three times. The Rams were able to score touchdowns three times. And the uh, Bengals were only score, able to score once. Um, so, I mean, that's, that's a major difference in, in the game there. So as far as, uh, you know, who lost, who lost it, I mean, to, to me, you know, the reason why I prefaced with it, I didn't see the game. Uh, the reason I didn't watch the game is because no matter who won the game, we could we could say, oh, the other team lost it because they've been doing this all year. Uh, you know, uh, you know, I would there, there was no team in the NFL, you know, the entire year that was dominant all, all throughout the year. Um, and uh, both of these teams were both, you know, 
kind of good when they had to be and, and always kind of disappointing when they, you know, when you never expected it and, you know, they never always put it together, put, put you know, full, full games together or, or strong games together uh, where, you know, you're like, oh, man, this, this is definitely the team, right? Uh, there's a reason why nobody except for, you know, you know, 12 people in Cincinnati had the Bengals going to the, uh, going to the Super Bowl, uh, even when they were the number one ranked team in the AFC for at one point during the middle of the season. Uh, it's because they were like, are they really, are they really that good? We don't know. Right. And they were always underdogs every game they went into, um, except for, I think, their, their first uh, playoff game. Uh, they're always underdogs because uh, we, we don't know. And then even the Rams, right, uh, you know, hey, Matthew Stafford gave us two, right? He gave us two interceptions. So you're like, hey, Matthew Stafford might, he might throw the game away. We never know, you know, are, are the Rams going to be able to put him away? We never know. Uh, so, um, you know, so, hey, the Rams, they've been there before. This is their second Super Bowl in, uh, what, four years? Um, so, uh, you know, congrats to them. Shaman Bates, second time being there. Uh, so, you know, they were able to figure out a way to, to, to get it done. Um, but, um, you know, hey, it was a magical run for the Bengals. Uh, you know, so I would I would say that the Bengals lost it. Uh, uh, you know, so I wouldn't be surprised if the Rams had lost it because I don't know. So they're who we thought they were. <laughs> yeah, they, you know, both both teams are who, who I thought they were. Uh, that under forty five went. Uh, I did call it last pod. You know, so I said I wasn't going to watch the game, but I did call the under forty five. So. Uh, well, Coach, you're you, you a man of analytics. I say this. I know you wasn't expecting it, but Matthew Stafford is the first quarterback in the, uh, I believe, in the Super Bowl era mm -hmm. to actually lead three game-winning drives and three straight playoff games. Mm -hmm. um, if you actually look it up, he literally led game-winning drives on the last drive of every single game this postseason, including the Super Bowl. So mm -hmm. just something to take into account. Um, playoff Stafford, possibly. Who knows, but, hey. I mean, I, play, I, mean I, don't know, I don't know about playoff Stafford, but, I mean. Yeah, we never seen him in the playoffs, so, I mean. <laughs> we have this is how You've been in playoffs twice before this. Didn't win, didn't win a game. Yeah, I, I know, like. But, like, really seeing them, like, I'm talking about, like, fully equipped, like, with a comparable and competent team, not just him and right. Calvin Johnson with a couple of Joe Blows off the street. No disrespect to anybody who played during that time, but y'all sucked. Excuse my language. Yeah. <laughs> I, one of the things for me, I, I told myself I was just like, hey, I think in order for Joe Burrow to do extensive damage in this game, Yes, I know Aaron Donald, Von Miller, the Floyds of the world. I just felt like he had to also attack them with his legs. So I kind of just went into, I was like, hey, Joe Burrow could get a crazy, which may, may or may not seem crazy to some, 40 to maybe 60 yards, just like rushing, extending yeah. the play, getting up the, getting up the field. You talk about those third down conversions. I think that would really put some pressure on the, Los Angeles Rams defense, and then when, as, as I was like, oh, man, they lost. And I was like, oh, hold on, let me go see about my theory of him rushing and possibly winning the game if he could do damage on the ground. Only three yards rushing, 
uh, in the game. And then on top of that, he was sacked seven times. So obviously, we know Aaron Donald was elite and he couldn't always get rid of the ball. But uh, but yeah, I think I think that would have been a, a big key for them being able to win the game and Joe Burrow being able to do damage with his legs on the ground. Um, I know, like you said, Isaac first half they uh, well in the first half, Aaron Donald did wasn't really wreaking havoc. They was doubling him. Uh, but towards the end of the game, it started to look like I don't know if they was getting comfortable, if they was getting lax, or if they feel like, yo, Von Miller was giving us too much pressure on the weak side, so we're gonna have to like compensate and take our chances or what. But I was just like, yo, why did y'all stop doubling and Donald? Well, <laughs> well what well, what I be, what I think begins starting to happen, well, I know from a coverage standpoint, like I said, they went away from man coverage because Bengals aren't really comfortable in man. And as you can see, a um, prime example, I believe the man's name is Eli Apple. Not really a, um, a big fan um, within the New Orleans community right now or ever going forward, I believe. But um, he, he got abused um, Sunday night, man. It was it was first degree battery, man. He, he was getting abused out there. And they took advantage of him every chance he get, and they they're a zone team. So if you you already not comfortable playing man, why would you go play man down the stretch of a game, knowing that that's your weak, you know that's your weak suit. That's not your calling card. They like to play a a, a cover three zone, and you know, but Cooper Cup they move them inside and they move them outside, so he's able to pick apart that zone and sit down and idle down whenever he needs to. He's a you know, uh, coach will tell you the guy is a, a route running technician, man. Yeah. Um, you know, can't take that away from him. But I ain't gonna lie to you. Aaron Donald just decided I'm better than you. And I'm gonna tell you when it started. When the dude put his hands in his face, I say, Yeah, you you just pissed him off. You just you just pissed him off. That little on the sideline when he tackled Joe Burrow, pushed yeah. him out of bounds. Yeah, man. I say, mm, that's that's not a wise move. Y'all already yeah. can't block him. Don't piss him off. Yeah. Hey, Edward, I know we're supposed to talk about if Eli Apple sucks or not. Uh, so you know, <laughs> I brought him up. Uh, we can go ahead and get that discussion over with. All right, so yeah. here's here's the thing, right? So starting off the part, right? We, I I just say me, he would like, I would label it like, yo, he's trash, he sucks. And you know, Coach Johnson would defend the players and say, well, hold on. It's not that he sucks. It's this. It's this. It's the coach. The coach is calling this play. He can only do what he's being told to do. This is his responsibility. That play doesn't show that he sucked. That was just miscommunication in the huddle. That guy, Mike, got turned out. So on and so forth, third, fourth in the field. Mm-hmm. I was watching Eli Apple, and I tried, as much as I love the game of just sports in general, I do my absolute best to respect the, the professional athletes that dedicate themselves to the game. And I just feel like, bro, I could go out there and do that. Okay, yeah. But Eli Apple was making it so difficult for me to not feel like I could at least remotely done a better job. And I won't even say, I will not say I could have done a better job at defending Cooper Cup as an Eli Apple or whatever the case may be. But, dog, this is what irks me with cornerbacks. And 
I want to have a cornerback on the podcast. I I don't even want to just have a cornerback on the mm-hmm. on the podcast. I want us to like go out literally on the football field for an episode and have a cornerback walk us through just like whatever man to man da 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 principles there are because this happens a thousand and ten percent all the time and I understand the the nuance between like you can't move faster than the ball so like the fastest the ball moving like your your reaction time may not be as like quick to be like oh but bro the game when it touchdown back shoulder throw. He is literally looking at Cooper Cup, stare the ball in the eyes, and is making this motion. And for whatever reason, he doesn't like try to make a play and simultaneously turn up. Nathaniel, I'm just like, bro, like, what are they teaching defensive backs? <laughs> like, I, I don't know, bro. I just, I think I got better hand eye coordination than most, and I just don't understand how you don't make that play. I'm just talking about that one specific play. Oh, yeah. gotcha, gotcha. So, so I'll com- I'll comment on Eli Apple as a player who, who he's been in the NFL his entire career, and then we can comment on that play. Uh, so number one, uh, Eli Apple was a top ten pick, pick number ten by the Giants in 2016. He has never lived up to that that pick. Um, he had trouble with the Giants when he first got there as a rookie. Uh, uh, other guys in the defensive backfield was like, this guy's immature. He's not ready to play. Uh, his uh, PFF grades, because uh, I know I, I like PFF, his PFF grades, every year since he's been in the league, 62, 64, 62, 63, 55, and 61. This past year, 61. Uh, he, has been, he has been average. Every year, at best, at best. Now, could any of us go out there and, and play better than Eli Apple? No, none of, none of us can. Right. The reason why he keeps getting the reason why he keeps getting uh, opportunities is because, <laughs> hey man, he ran a four four. He's tall. He's lanky. He's six one. He's got the uh, prototypical size, size speed combination. His hips move well. He you know he looks good in the drills. Hey, maybe maybe. It's not the player. Maybe it's the program. So we get him over here with us. Maybe we can. Maybe it'll all click together. That's why he keeps getting opportunities, right? Fool's gold. Fool's gold. But he just can't keep putting it together. Uh, one of his one of his biggest issues is uh, he's terrible at the at the catch point, right? Now, if Eli if Eli Apple was even average at the catch point, bruh, right? Uh, versus the Chiefs, Eli Apple should have had a pick six touchdown, which would have uh, sent them to a Super Bowl, right? Luckily, two plays later, Jesse Bates got a pick, right, and set them up so they can get to physical position uh, very easily, right? But he dropped a pick. Uh, a few weeks earlier, he had a chance to get two picks on Patrick Mahomes, dropped him, right? Uh, this has been who he is. Sometimes he's there, sometimes he's not. He's, her- he's horrible at the catch point, Right. Uh, reminds me of, of uh, you know, week one through eight uh, with uh, Tyson Campbell in Jacksonville. Tyson Campbell trying, finally uh, figured it out, uh, you know, so fingers crossed that uh, he continues uh, uh, doing better at, at that part. Uh, but that's just uh, who Eli Apple is, man. He's always been terrible at the catch point. Uh, you know, sometimes uh, some some guys just aren't uh, comfortable with uh, when the ball gets there. 
Uh, and no matter what coaches do, they don't they don't spend hours and hours and hours and reps and reps and reps uh, trying to learn how to track the ball, trying to learn how to get their hands where the ball is, learning how to catch the ball when it gets there. Um, that's always going to be an issue. So, um, you know, you can't. You should not be. You should not be an NFL corner starting if you're not comfortable or decent at the catch point. Uh, I mean, you have a point there, but the thing is, there there's a lot of guys who are not comfortable at the catch point. There, there, there are a lot of NFL corners who are not comfortable at the catch point. I understand that. but A lot of starters. A lot of starters who are good who are not comfortable at the catch point. Okay, but none of them are Eli Apple. <laughs> yeah, obviously, yeah. <laughs> yes, yes. Eli, there's only one Eli Apple, but there are a lot of there are a lot of starting cornerbacks in the NFL who have a long career. I mean, and like I said, like I see it a lot. I feel like a lot of guys they don't a lot of corners they don't really react well to the ball being in the air and being able to play on that man and the ball simultaneously. Um, so I get that, but it's like, bro, my God. Um, so um, yeah, add on, but I'm. I'm gonna go through some of the uh, some of the torture. So Eli Apple obviously brought all of this on himself, as people were saying. So after they beat the Chiefs, after they beat the Chiefs, he had tweeted out, "Oh yeah, that Chiefs cheetah pack finna hit crazy this second time." So he wanted to start off with the we smoking on the uh, Chief pack, uh, and so after Chief they pack. lost. <laughs> <laughs> So after they lost, uh, Miko Hardman. Uh, hey, hey, real, real quick, real, real quick, Edward. Uh, speaking of uh, stuff that's hitting right now, this uh, little little room that I had right before this little shot is <laughs> coming into play, bro. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! But, uh, bro, hey, look, we're going to take a oh, second because Isaac was gone. So we're going to take a single because Isaac was gone. No, but I can't do it. I can't do a second one. Like, you took a shot, um, coach? Yeah, I took it the last episode. So Sedacious was like, hey, yo, let's take a shot. We was trying to wait on you, man, but it was taking We got to take another one because Isaac was gone. Man, my, 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 my bag had broke in the, in the parking garage, bro. And then I had to improvise. I said, I got my jacket on. I say, oh, let me get my jacket and just, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So I had to, you know. But, uh, yeah, man, let, let, let's get that shot in, man. I think I got some rosé in the academy, man. Go ahead. Also, after the after the um, Bengals had beat the Chiefs, Eli Apple, he tweets Miko Hardman and um, uh, Cheetah, what's his name? Tariq Hill. Yeah, T. Hill. Um, DM me y'all number and I'll look y'all up and I'll hook y'all up with some Super Bowl tickets on me. So he's like trolling big time since he didn't like finally made it to the Super Bowl, right? And so after that, basically everybody, like I said, got on them. Um, oh, I, I, I'll give them a shout out. Go to on Twitter at simply as one zero. Again, at simply AS10, and they literally made a highlight video of Eli Apple getting cooked in the Super Bowl. So, yeah. well, well uh, actually, let me, let, me, let me say this. Let me say this too. Um, so, because I, I, I learned this uh, from uh, 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 the, the guy who uh, taught, taught me uh, some of the most I know about DB play. Uh, now, 
the Eli Apple getting cooked in the Super Bowl, if they just did like, you know, routes here and there, even when the ball wasn't coming to them, there's a lot of DBs that you can do that with, right? Especially when they're playing man coverage, right? The the game, the game is you can do that with Jalen Ramsey. Right. Yeah, man, it, it, it's, it's geared towards the offensive player to be it's, successful. It's, it's, so. It's so, but, you know, one, one thing I learned when I started coaching DBs is, hey, in football, you play 11s, you don't play 7s, right? So, usually when when uh, the uh, demons are called as a man-to-man coverage, there's usually pressure coming, right? Because there's a, you know, the bet that, hey, We'll get there before the ball comes out or we'll make the quarterback rush so he doesn't throw an accurate pass so that even if our guys get beat, which they probably will, on the back end, um, the, the pass won't be able to get there. Uh, so, uh, yeah, so man-to-man coverage, there's a lot of guys that you know, that get beat uh, that can and even look like they're getting beat. And if the ball doesn't come out perfectly on time, they can, get, they can have time to recover, right? So there, this is another reason why Eli Apple is still in the NFL. He's fast enough to where he can recover right, when he, uh, uh, when he does get beat, right? So sometimes you might see him actually break up passes, and you're like, oh, snap, you have to break up a pass? Well, it's because the ball, didn't, the ball didn't come out on time, and he was able to recover and get there, right? So, you know, he, 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 NFL. he probably has another two, four, two to four years in the NFL, and you'd be like, gosh, why he keep getting signed? Well, because he, because he does have yeah, enough speed. Uh, yeah, I'm going to need you to recover. To like, the game is on the line. However, Miko Hartman, wish you was better. I wish you was a better corner, bro. Then the game winning touchdown wouldn't have been scored on you. Eli Apple. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and then and then he posts again. It's cool, bro. You might get one of these shown on a video of his Super Bowl, uh, his Super Bowl ring. But in the meantime, just get better at your craft. Tyreek Hill last man. Then a Michael Thomas play uh, on the Saints who play with uh, Eli. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Somebody Eli. said this apple packed in a heat. <laughs> nah, nah. Michael like, Thomas. What I'm trying Michael to figure Thomas out is Eli going to e- Eli going to Eli. Then uh, then Hollywood Brown apple pack going to hit hard in L.A. And then you got a picture with Lamar <laughs> Jackson uh, with like a joint in his mouth. <laughs> uh, uh, and then. Um, uh, CD Deuce, all I see is Apple Pack, or is this burnt toast? <laughs> and then it was so far, this random restaurant, I forget what city, this random restaurant was serving a Apple spe- uh, Eli Apple special, which is two burnt pieces of toast and diced apples. So it, it went, it went, it went that. Hey, bro, you know what's crazy, man? He has no, no Self-awareness, man. Like it's like, bro, why you keep talking mess? And it's good. Didn't his mama like make a comment about him early on in his career? Like she had made a comment like publicly when he was on the Giants. That niggas, man. It's like, man, like how's a player that gets cut from multiple teams, ringless, taught players that have rings? How does that work? That's that's no, no, no. why How about, like, I'm trying to compete players, that. Taunt players that are better than you, that have more accolades than you, that have more, dare I say, money than you, have more cachet than you. Uh, more of a household name. Than oh, no, you. Hey, he was top 10. Oh, now you're a household might, name. For sure. Whose mothers don't comment on their career and jobs. But I tell you what, though, he's a household name now. I mean, he yeah, been you wanted some fame, name. nigga. You got it. You wanted it. Here it is. He's been he talking about him. Yeah. Well, oh, he, he, he got his stamp for sure, though. 
He got his Super Bowl stamp. He wanted one, he got one. Hey, and the Cowboys been abusing that boy for years, man. And you find a way to talk about the Cowboys. That is so Cowboys-ish of you. Thank you for that. Hey, so check this out real quick. Eli Apple's mom, all right? So this uh, this, <laughs> this anchor, this anchor posts a, a tweet. Super Bowl Sunday uh, says, such an incredible experience providing coverage at my first Super Bowl, unlike Eli Apple. So she takes her shot, providing coverage at Super Bowl, get it. And then Eli Apple mom uh, responds by saying, I can't believe that. Word on the street is you catch a lot of balls. <laughs> <laughs> so she takes a shot back at the female reporter. Uh, so, so yeah, man. Uh, yeah. It was all, I'm sorry, but it was all bad for you, like, up in this game. It was. Why crazy. your mama coming and defend you, bro? Like, out of all people, not your brother, not your cousin, not your partner, <laughs> but, like, your mom. You got to down. She ain't tell him to sit down, man. He yeah, oh. like how LeBron did his mama went to lunch. <laughs> hey man, all <laughs> oh, what our podcast would be straight down before it takes off. <laughs> Let me not say nothing bad about it. So uh, getting out, getting out, Eli Apple uh, talking about talking about Cooper Cup. I was thinking this and and watching him play. <laughs> can can Cooper crazy. Cup is Cooper Cup put in like? just a great system, or is he just flat out all around a great wide receiver? Can he go somewhere else and produce the same productivity, or is like he just like a perfect fit for where he is at with the L.A. Rams? And or also, do y'all consider him the best wide receiver in the league currently? All the above. My opinion. At least in the in aspect of technical. He's like the Tim Duncan of football. I'll say that. Whoa. He was the I say he was the Eminem of the This league. year. Okay, this year. God dog. That's why. Go go no, I'm sorry. I, I, no, I was going, going 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 yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll say the Tim Duncan just for this year, obviously, because I mean football is a different, you know, um build a different way to deal with it. But uh, yeah, he was very technical. As you heard from the uh, interview, he was saying, you know, we're on the X, Y slot, and I seen this. And it was like Chinese to everybody else. But if you're a football head, you know exactly what he was saying. You know, back in the... Uh, uh, and it's just like the way he looks at the game, the way he does it, holds the flashiness. He says that to after he wins. And hardly mm -hmm. when he wins, it just he stays composed. It's, it reminds me of Tim Duncan. You're going to get emotion out of him. But it's not going to be the typical emotion you're going to see. It's going to be a person that just knows his, my apologies, uh, he knows his fundamentals and he just knows how to play his sport. And that's what, you know, I noticed with, um, kind of reminds me of Tim Duncan. Like, Tim Duncan didn't have a special, flashy go-to move. He just know how to put the ball inside of the hoop. And that's what Cooper Cup knows how to do. He know to catch the ball and get it past that, go that, uh, that goal line. So, um, yeah, man. And honestly, that that definitely goes to all the accolades that Edward just listed, which is, you know, is he the best receiver or, you know, is it just the best system? It's like, you know, it, it's, it's just like Tim Duncan. You can put Tim Duncan on a different team and he'll be successful, but he won't be as successful as he would be with the Spurs and around this other player here and with this, you know, and so on and so forth. So I think it's just a perfect, beautiful situation, plus being a great receiver.
Um, somebody uh before y'all go, somebody uh who's giving him who's on 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 record for giving him his praise long before he had the season he's had. Cooper Cup is the most underrated receiver in the league. Uh this is via Twitter November 23rd, 2020, coming from none other than who some consider the best receiver in the league, Devontae Adams. Exactly. Um, Devontae Adams is the best receiver in the league. Then it's Stephon Diggs. And then it could possibly be Cooper Cup. But um, I feel like Cooper, like I said before, I apologize. I feel like he's the Eminem of the league. He's simply a technician. You know what I'm saying? He does his job very well. It's not just a system. He's uh, dedicated to his craft. That he, he goes out and he executes. You know what I'm saying? It really doesn't matter who his quarterback is. Jared Goff, Matthew Stafford. You know what I'm saying? Just interchange quarterbacks however you like. And his his play, his play is gonna be prevalent. Yeah. Uh I'm I'm gonna have a second uh uh second that uh what Stacey just said. Uh, I would definitely put Devontae Adams as number one. I think Cool Cup definitely does have a conversation of being in the top three. I'm not sure if I'll put Stefan Diggs in that top three. Uh but but he is you know top receiver in the league there. Uh but um uh, as far as the system, though, I, I will still give uh, Sean McVay credit that uh, he does uh, maximize everything that he can get out of uh, out of uh, Cooper Cup. Uh, he would do what uh, uh, my uh, my guy Siobhan, uh, who I used to work with at car dealership, uh, used to tell me, "Hey, get uh, squeeze uh, all the juice out of every lemon, right? Uh, so get everything you can out of every deal." Uh, and so uh, Sean McVay definitely squeezes all the juice. Out of uh, Cooper Cup, uh, don't know y'all go gay on me. Don't go gay. Don't go gay. Uh, you went uh, gay on yourself. <laughs> I was what? just saying, dog. No, I'm <laughs> 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 so saying he, he, he gets everything he can. He gets everything he can out of, out of Cooper Cup. So, and uh, I take shots without me on the podcast, and that's crazy. I mean, <laughs> don't worry, dog. Hey, we, we can get one. We can get one before I get hey, out. Enough out of you. <laughs> I was just like, what is he talking about? Don't go. Anyway. <laughs> because I said the shaman Bay squeezes all the juice out of never mind. Yeah, he does. He does. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. <laughs> so Coach Johnson, going... what has gotten into you? <laughs> it's wrong. What's gotten into you? What's gotten into me? It's wrong. Yeah, Goodness he gracious. might be a lightweight. Um I am. I'm not drinking often. I can tell. Um, I would probably have to, um, third, unfortunately, second coaches, uh, take, uh, I am going to have to go Devontae Adams as being the best receiver in the league. However, just as far as being a technician and a route running savant, I will put him second behind only, and that is only, probably going to get a lot of flack for this, but. In my opinion, I think Antonio Brown is still probably the best technician <laughs> and route running wide receiver in the league. He just is, bro. If you put the tape on, wide stem release, speed release, outside, he has the whole package. I mean, coach shaking his head. He, he's a, he, technically he is. He just does not have a job, but he is in the league. He has not been suspended by the league. He might get know, a job next year, bro. If he deserves one, I don't know about if we going on, okay. on performance on the field, 
Yeah, 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 yeah. But I didn't say Antonio Brown because to me he's not in the league. He did some old jumping jacks. And I'm gonna say Cooper Cup is a a close a close second. Um, you know, behind that and with have to with Odell Beckham Jr. being honorable mention at third man. I, I just think you know those guys are technicians running up. Running the uh, running routes out there at the wide receiver position, but just to answer the question more specifically, I think Cooper Cup has had the best statistical, the best wide receiver season ever in the history of the NFL. Absolutely, yeah. unequivocally, you can't can't take it away. Yeah, yeah. Real, real, real quick before you, before you go, Edward. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm just I'm glad that uh that Sean Hart brought up Odell. I just want to, uh, you know, uh, we we talked yesterday about How Odell. We forget. I'm I'm glad I'm glad that Odell was able to get him one. I'm glad that he was able to showcase that he is still one of the top receivers in the game. Uh, you know, one of the best route runners. Uh, I would probably say top five route runner in the game. Uh, you know, uh, some of the best hands in the game. Sure, every once in a while we have a concentration drop, but guys, dog, man, I'm. I have no idea what happened in Cleveland, uh, but you know, uh, I'm I'm tired of the of the Odell hate of the Odell hate. I'm tired of people saying all oh, he's done, um, and you know, so I'm I'm glad that he was able to showcase all of his all of his talents this past year, and to get him one. Um, but um, but obviously, you know, uh, Cooper Cup though, man, you know, de definitely a top three receiver in the league. I'm still going to give the nod though to uh, Monte Adams. Yeah. Uh... <clears throat> Yeah, Cooper Cup having by far one of the greatest statistical seasons as a receiver. Super Bowls, stats, eight receptions, 92 yards, two touchdowns, game-winning touchdown. Um, we all know who. Uh, playoff stats, uh, he had a touchdown in every playoff game. He had a playoff record with 33 receptions, and he also had 478 receiving yards for six total touchdowns in the playoffs. Regular season, he got the receiving triple crown, 100, leading the league in receptions, receiving yards, and receiving touchdowns. 145 receptions, 1,947 receiving yards, and 16 receiving touchdowns. And he uh, had the Super Bowl MVP, uh, All-Pro first team, and was the Offensive Player of the Year. Um, and uh, just, I think I look at Cooper Cup, and to me, he would be one of the poster childs of the marathon continues when you just think about coming out of high school zero zero stars no football offers all the way to where he is now just you know testaments all you just really need is your shot all you really need is just to get your foot in the door and just have your chance at making history um he is the fourth player in NFL history to again receive receive the uh, receiving triple crown again, leading the lead in receptions, receiving yards, and receiving touchdowns. Uh, the other three players to do it: Jerry Rice, Sterling Sharp, and Steve Smith. So, uh, so yeah, just a phenomenal, phenomenal year. Oh, he couldn't ask for nothing better as a player, I believe, uh, other than the season Cooper Cup had. So, yeah, man. So, right. So whether or not, you know, he is the best receiver in the league, um, that's debatable for whoever you're talking to. It's, it's an argument, though. It's, it's an argument. It's it's not, you know, there's an argument for it. But true indeed. True indeed. So I'm going to uh, I'm 
gonna read off some stats. I'm gonna read off some more stats, and y'all just tell me if y'all deem this Hall of Fame worthy or not. All right. <laughs> fourth, uh, fourth all time in yards per game throwing, eleventh all time in completions, twelfth all time in passing touchdowns, twelfth all time in passing yards, and he is the First quarterback since Eli Manning in 2007 to win a Super Bowl after leading the lead in interceptions. Um, we're talking about Matt, Matthew Stafford. In that in that 07 season, Eli Manning had 20 led the lead with 20 interceptions. Uh, this year, winning the Super Bowl, Matthew Stafford led the lead with uh, 17 interceptions. Is he Hall of Fame or not? No. <laughs> No, he is not a Hall of Famer. No, he is not. Uh, Matt, Matthew Stafford is a good quarterback. Bro, there's a question if Eli Manning is a Hall of Famer. It's a question. And he has two Super Bowls. What qualifies? Is it just stats? Name? Break it down. Hey, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold on, let me, let me, let me interject real briefly. Let me interject real briefly, so... Somebody, I guess you could say, who shares Christian sentiment, uh, that being Richard Sherman. This is what Richard Sherman had to say about whether or not Matthew Stafford is Hall of Fame, considering all of those uh, numbers I just gave y'all. Richard Sherman. The Hall of Fame bar is incredibly low now, like a participation trophy. Talking about Matthew Stafford, no all-decade team, no all-pro, no MVP, one Pro Bowl, not even MVP of the Super Bowl, never considered the best in any year he played. At least Matt Ryan has an MVP. So that is what Richard Sherman had to say about Matt. He ain't lying. He's not he lying. lying. Bruh, the, 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 in order to make the Hall of Fame, I, I like this standard from uh, – uh, gosh, I can't remember his name. Before you – Michael Playmakers. Before you go, Christian, and just taking a little bit of what you're about to say, in order to make the Hall of Fame, I don't know if you're going to uh, parentheses this or emphasize this, but in order to make the Hall of Fame as a quarterback in the NFL, because I think making the Hall of Fame varies from position to position and, like, what you could, like, contribute or dedicate in your position and your role on the team. But in order to make the Hall of Fame as a quarterback, but – the floor is okay. All right. Well, Norman, the Hall of Fame was quarterback or whoever. I'm 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 gonna go with I like the standard. I like the standard from Sam Monson, the PFF podcast. This is his standard. During your time playing, were you ever considered top five at your position for an extended period of time? If you were considered one of the top five players at your position for an extended period of time while you were playing then yes, you should be in the Hall of Fame. If not, no, you should not make it. That should be the standard. Matthew Stafford, yes, he has had talent. He was the number one pick for a reason. He, he has a lot of arm talent. But here's the thing. Every once in a while, you, can, you hear this from Detroit Lions fans who loved him the entire time that he was there. And everyone likes to say, oh, he didn't have the players around him, didn't have the players around him. Had probably the best receiver to ever play the game. There's an argument for that. Um, uh, even when he was there these last few years, right? He had a trio of receivers there. Uh, and he, he, had, he, had, he had talent. 
right? Detroit wasn't always just bereft of talent. He had talent there. Uh, but every once in a while, Matthew Stafford figured out a way to throw the game away, right? He almost did this one. He's almost done it every game except for uh, the, last, the last two games. He's almost did the last two games, right? Uh, so, you know, if, if – uh, uh, I think Jaquaski Tart or whoever number three is for the for the for the 49ers. If he would catch the interception, 49ers would be the Super Bowl, right? That interception right in his hands, right? So Matthew Stafford, every once in a while, would throw a game away. Even though he might have all the yards, he has all the arm talent, every once in a while he might throw a game away, right? Everyone knows that, right? There's a reason why he led the league in, in, in interceptions and in, and in the, the biggest moment of his career, gets a chance to win the Super Bowl to tell the Rams, you were right for trading. You know, however many first-round picks for me, he throws two picks. So, is this the type of guy you want to put in the Hall of Fame? No. No. Hey, it's okay. He's a very good quarterback. He had a very good NFL career. He's not a Hall of Famer. Not a Hall of Famer. Phillip Rivers, question, maybe. I don't know. On the cuffs, Hall of Fame. On the cuffs, maybe. On the cusp, yeah. Yeah. Eli Manning, two Super Bowls. I don't know. Maybe. I, I like I think those Super Bowls. I think those Super Bowls, even though like you kind of is like iffy, those Super Bowls do give you like a little bump over. Whether people agree with that or not. And yeah, he I mean, sure, sure, sure. Sure. It gives you it gives you a bump. It gives and you he a beat the goat. Yeah, and, and oh. Tom Brady, right? <laughs> so sure. Um, but you know, so if you if you have a quarterback who has two Super Bowls. And we're still questioning if this guy should be in the Hall of Fame. Why should we even? Why should we even start to have that conversation about Matthew Stafford? We we should not. That should not be on the table. Matthew Stafford is not a super. If he retired today, and he would get in the Hall of Fame maybe twenty years down the line, he would not be a first ballot Hall of Famer. It will be a question for years to come. Should Matthew Stafford be in? And when has time, the, would have forgot about him. When has the Lions ever been a successful franchise? Is the question I ask you. Even Barry Sanders retired because of it. I I I understand oh. that. I, I, so I, that's my so, that's so, my so, thing so, with it. So, wait, okay. wait 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 that's Calvin my thing Johnson that I'm retired as well. Like, oh, all of a sudden of once he goes to L.A., gets a decent you know gets a pretty good um Steven gets a pretty good position. He wins a whole Super Bowl the first time. Other person never did that was obviously Tom Brady. So it's okay. just like it made me just think like maybe it's something wrong with the Lions organization. Not it saying could, that's could, not necessarily could. Matthew Stafford. Maybe he hasn't had enough chance to be in a good position to be able to, to like strut his stuff the way he wants to. Like, like I said, Jerry Goff has looked even worse in with the Lions. He was already – he looked okay Darnell, with, the, with the Rams. Darnell, Obviously, with the Darnell, Super Bowl, he looked okay. He looked even worse with the Lions. You, you had me there in the first until you started bringing up Jared Goff. I'll have you – have you know, there's an interesting stat going on now, and I'll let you look it up. Uh, Edward, if you don't mind, I know you're in front of the computer right now. Go ahead and look up Jared Goff's stats without Sean McVay and – um yeah, it's just to tell the two entirely different people. Well, he finally Not got even his comparable. Like, first win this season. It, it's, it's exactly the man didn't have a win without Sean McVay. Like that's the same. Like, like it, look, look at the it, backgrounds. Like, yeah. Well, okay. Here, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Matthew Stafford 
Okay, here we go. If he's a Hall of Fame guy, right? If he's a Hall of Fame guy, he's the most important player at the most important position, okay? If he's a Hall of Fame guy, he turns around Detroit. Barry Sanders couldn't even turn around Detroit. He does not play. He was not the most important player at the most important position. Calvin Johnson was not the most important player at the most important position. Oh, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Real quick. How do y'all feel about this argument, right? How do y'all feel about this argument? Calvin Johnson is in the Hall of Fame. Yes. Now, you can argue and say, hey, any quarterback could have got him the ball. I, I can understand somebody saying that, but, like, does he get to the Hall of Fame if, like, Matthew Stafford isn't being what he was uh, at that uh, moment? Yeah, and, I mean, uh, yeah, I think I think Calvin Johnson would have because he was un, he was undeniably great, bro. He he was like he was like T.O. First guy seen in league history get triple team. Literally, he got double he got double team on the line at the line. I said, bro, that's crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, he was just, he was undeniably great. He was bigger than everybody, taller than everybody, uh, faster than everybody. Had better hands than anybody. He, he it, it didn't it didn't matter. So yeah, he he was. Uh, you know, if he if he would have played any longer, man, it would have been unquestioned. Like he, if he would have played five more years, there would be hey, Jerry Rice or Calvin Johnson, who's the best? Why is that? Why do you think he didn't play five more years, or at least three more, four more, because of that Ryan's organization? Okay, okay, well, Ryan, okay, okay. Darnell, 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 Darnell. No matter where Tom Brady went, Tom Brady would have been great. No matter, no matter where Dan Marino went, Dan Marino would have been great. No matter where John Elway went, John Elway went to a terrible organization in the Denver Broncos. Terrible organization. They screwed up his first few years. This is the reason why he didn't have a Super Bowl. But he was still undeniably one of the best quarterbacks in the league when he was there. Everyone knew it. Matthew Stafford was not that. You you can tell Hall of Fame. There's no question about Hall of Fame, no matter what the, the organization is, right? And we're going to have this conversation in about five years with Trevor Lawrence. The Jaguars are a terrible, as far as their football operations, a terrible organization. Terrible organization, right? But guess what? They have a shot because... I believe this, but if, if uh, let's just say this: if Tre if Trevor Lawrence is the generational talent that everyone thinks that he could be, he turns that organization. He around. turns that organization around. He will, because he plays the most. He's the most important player inside the organization at the most important position. If he is who we all thought that he would be, he's going to turn it around. Matthew Stafford is not that guy. Matthew Stafford is not the reason that the Rams win the Super Bowl. He is not. He is not. He's the reason why they – all right. So – He led the league in interceptions. Did you not – Okay, you not watch him play? Oh, Did you not watch him play those last six games where he almost gave away every game? But did he? He lost to the Ravens. But did he? Did it happen? Almost oh, only counts in okay, okay. Uh, did, did, did. Hey, I, I do remember the defense, defense. Tom Brady almost lost every last Super Bowl. So what does that mean? <laughs> we are you, Every last hey, hey, we also too hey, when everyone asked last, last week 
Hey, if you can if you can describe uh, Tom Brady in one word, what would it be? What did I say? Lucky. Okay. Now. Uh, no, you, wow. took, you took that. that no, that, you took that back. Exactly. I took it back and said I made the most of every opportunity. But uh, uh, we we also got to remember. Hey, in the Super Bowl, the defense only gave up twenty points. The defense only games where Tom Brady stole plenty of interceptions and still found a way to win. Still be successful. That not plenty, but he's thrown interceptions. He's had a, a iffy game. Like, uh, you could have done better. Come on now, don't do that. Don't don't use the fact oh he threw intercept. You almost gave the game away, but he almost almost doesn't count. Okay, he okay. was successful. He found a way to win. He found a way not to mess it up. And no, that, and that's team, I mean, I'm not saying make him a first ballot Hall of Famer or throw him in there, but to automatically deny him and not discuss it is a bit of an insult. That's all I'm saying. I'm not throwing him in Hall of Famer. I don't Fame, care if I insult him. I do respect him and have somewhat of a conversation about him. I don't care if I insult Matthew Stafford. He does not belong in the in 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 Hall of Fame. <laughs> he does not. It's the not wrong un- my opinion, not undeniably. I'm just, hey, I, I don't deny my opinion either. He does y'all, not know y'all, that undeniably. Like, you look all right, all right. You, know, you get y'all, the point. Just, y'all, y'all, y'all disagree on that. Y'all disagree on that. That's fine. That was great. I think because Jackson, for the first time before you leave the podcast, one last time, you have definitely got it for the Darnell skin. <laughs> I've never seen that. I've never seen that much vigor out of Darnell at all, unless I was talking about Kanye West. So, Kanye uh, West. So, <laughs> so, yeah, man. Um, yeah, no, nah, uh, this is definitely going to be an episode strictly about the Super Bowl because we've been on over my time. But uh, so what, what do y'all, I kind of, what do y'all want to do? Y'all want to talk about Shakiri or do y'all want to talk about? Hardy? I know, that ain't really news no more. No, nah, it is, honestly. It is. It is. Uh, you got detail no, on I'm definitely down. I mean, I wouldn't. Yeah. All right. We'll go with Shakiri. All right. So, um. Uh, she, it's only news because she responded, Isaac. I personally think had she not said anything, nobody would have like cared or paid it. No, never mind. But I guess she felt like she had a responsibility to say something. All right. So as we all know, past summer uh, Olympics, she carries. She gets banned for taking marijuana, and they say, "Hey, you cannot compete in the, this year's Olympics." and so forth until, I want to say, uh, another summer trial or something like that. But she got banned for smoking weed, said she did it because her mom had just passed. She just found that out, going through a lot. She did that, made that choice, and so on and so forth, right? So it has now came out that Camilla, Camilla Villieva, who is a 15-year-old Russian figure skater, recently tested, no, not even recently, tested positive for a banned drug back in December, right? So she tests positive for this drug. The uh, International Olympic Committee say, all right, you know, rules are rules. You're suspended. You can't compete. But the International Olympic Committee ruling to suspend her was overruled by the by the uh, Court of Arbitration for Sports. They said, no, you actually can. You actually can compete. So you would say, okay, well, why does she get to compete or whatever the case may be? So this, for the um, 
Camilla chick, again, she's a 15-year-old Russian figure skater. She basically confused her medicine with her grandfather's medication. That's her claim. She confused her medication with her grandfather's medication. Her medication is used for chest pain, but she took her father's medication, which is for heart problems. And his medication uh, is known to give athletes a performance enhancement. So because of that reason, that is why I I ain't done yet, bro. So because of that reason, that is why the International Olympic Committee, that's her reasoning for being caught uh, testing positive for an illegal banned substance. And again, she she uh, took this test back in December, but it's just not coming out now uh, that she failed the drug test. So you also, have, again, the International Olympic Committee over they said she couldn't compete, but the Court of Arbitration of Sports said she could play. So the Olympic Committee was just like, hey, even if you compete until the investigate until the investigation is completely final and done or whatever, even if you do compete, if you place in the top three, we are not going to award you with a gold, silver, or bronze medal. Um, then this that's going on. Shakira comes out of the woodworks and say, like, "Oh, well, the only reason they letting her play, the only difference in why they letting her compete, um, as opposed to not letting me compete, is because she ain't black like I am, and that's why they just decided that it's all right, fine and dandy for her to compete." So, <laughs> so it's sedacious. You go. I see the smirk. You go. You go first. Um, <clears throat> honestly, man, I, I hate to sound coonish. But it's Christian's last night. That's fine. That's fine. At this, at this point, um, it's not going to change. So putting your energy into it being messed up instead of putting your energy into overcoming like our people do, I feel like it's, it's, it's a waste of time at this point. You know what I mean? Honestly. You know what I mean? But, you know, and I don't want to, I don't want to like, I don't want to feel like I'm I'm bashing the people who still want to protest, who still want to who want to make an outcry. You know what I'm saying? You definitely do your thing, but for me and mine, this is like you know what I'm saying. Just work twice as hard because we know we got to. You know what I'm saying? Yes, sir. No, sir. Yes, ma'am. No, ma'am. Because you don't want to die, and just keep it pushing. You know what I'm saying? But that's just my opinion. I'm gonna say it like this. Where, where is that young lady from? Russia. Now, okay, this is even better. That's what you call Ooh. a country supporting their athlete. I felt like due to your wording, it was an investigation. There was no investigation, in my opinion, as far as when it came to Shakira, whether that was or not. They said there goes a publicly known uh, American bad drug, uh, yeah, American bad drug, and we're going to persecute her as if it's still a universally known, uh, uh, um, sorry, uh, countrywide known banned drug. We don't care about the state. We're going to treat it that way. Why? For whatever reason, we are American, okay? And I looked at it like just how they had the investigation to see about the pills and everything to get that resolved. America could have gave lawyers for this for Shakari to do the same exact thing. They could have gave her lawyers say, hey, in this state, it's this, it's that, and we need to support that. And we need to find every little loophole we can to do that. They didn't do that for Shakari. They put her on blast. On on uh on news and said, hey, what's your explanation? 
this young lady got a chance to actually get, I feel like there were lawyers involved. There were investigations to find appeals and prove this and that. And I feel like Russia was behind that young lady. America was not behind Shakari. And that's all I got to say about that.